Um, and so we, we, are, uh, we are week two into this series that we started last week called Blessed. Um, and one of the things that we really focused on last week is the, the, found, the, the biblical foundation of this series. And so that is found in Proverbs uh, chapter 11, verse 25, and it says this. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched. The one who waters will himself be watered. And so that is the foundation of this. But what we, what we even did last week is we took it a step further. There is an a, uh, a, a interpretation of the Bible um, that puts it in, really great, in a great way, and it's from the message. And the message says this. There we go. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. And so that's, that's what our focus and that's what our goal is throughout this whole series. It is to be the one who blesses others. And as a result, we find that we are abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. We want to help others because we are, in fact, we are in fact ourselves have been helped. And one of the ways that we said it is we, um, we bless others because God has blessed us. And through his blessings, we've been abundantly blessed. A lot of blessing in there. You know what I mean? And if we really look at our lives, that's what we begin to see. And so knowing that that is our foundation as we move through this series called Blessed, that is the foundation in which we will move forward. And so today I want to I look at the first uh, piece of this, this thing that we're going to do from it. You know, this is, this is a series while we look at the blessings that we have, but our hope, the end result, is generosity in our lives. As we pour out on others, it is our hope, it is my hope, that we, myself included, find ourselves walking away today, next Sunday, and from this series, being more generous people than we ever have in our entire life. So with that being said, we're going to look at today's, um, it, it, it God's word today, we're going to look into 2 Corinthians. And so flip on if you've got your Bible, um, open up your, your phone if you've got it. If not, it's on the screen. But this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going verses 1 through 8 today. 2 Corinthians. And so Paul is writing this letter, and this is what it says. It says, now, in its superfluous, love that word, superfluous. Had to, yeah, superfluous, Chloe, means unnecessary. Okay. <clears throat> now, in its superfluous way for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness, of which I boast about to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achai has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers so that, the, so that our boasting about you may, be, may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge you, brothers, to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift that you have promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as, as an expectation. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that, ha so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you've called us to be generous. But Father, you called us to be generous through the framework of your generosity. 
Father, I pray that as we look to your word, it, it, it pierces us, it calls us to a new standard of generosity. And Father, that as we hear the promptings of your spirit, as we read the words from your, your roadmap to our life in your word, Father, that we would take that next step, be more generous people, and Father, that you that much would be made of your son because of our generosity. So we give these things to you. We give these moments to you, Father. Let us encounter you through your word and through your spirits. In your name we pray, amen. So when I was a little boy, uh, my family went to this church, um, and every Sunday, they, they would pass, they would pass the, the plates. Every Sunday, they would pass the plates for offering, for giving. Some of us may have heard it as tithing, and they would pass it. And I was a little boy at the time probably three, around three years old. And every week, my mom would hand me a handful of change to begin to help me identify the, the essence and the necessity of giving. It wasn't necessarily mine. My mom had given to me, but for the, for, the, for the moments that it was in my hand, it was my money. She said, here, honey, this is for you to put in the plate. And the church that we went to, um, is, they didn't pass bags or like in the big room, baskets. What they did is they passed these these metal plates that were lined with felt, um, and they were these big, sturdy, heavy metal plates. And I wanted to get one, but they're really expensive, and so I figured for, you know, for a, a small illustration, it wasn't worth it. So I've got this. We'll imagine that this is that plate. And so it would come passed around every Sunday, and my mom would hand me this handful of change. She'd say, honey, this is for God. So I'd look at that change, and I'd hold it in my hand, and I'd play with it, and you know, probably once or twice to try to put it in my mouth like children do. You know, I mean, I don't know why. Finley and Colton do that all the time. We say, don't put the money in your mouth. And so I would hold that change, and I would, I would get excited for the plate to come because this is something that I could give back to God. That's what my parents taught me. That was the purpose of giving, especially within the local church, was to give because God has blessed us. We now want to give back to him in a way that we would say thank you. And so in my three-year-old self, you know, not very mature, I mean, at 31, I'm not super mature, and so you can only imagine what I was like at, at three. But they would come by, and they would always, it would start, and I'd be so excited for the plate to get to me. And I don't know, you know, depending on where I was sitting, I was by, by my mom or my dad or, or per, possibly my sister. Um, but the times where I could get a little bit of distance between them with the change, I would sit there, and as soon as the plate came to me, I'd go like this. And I'd slowly drop the coins in because I love to hear the tink, tink, tink. And so I slowly, and like at this point, like the people are like, come on, keep going. And I'd just be like, I'd be smiling the whole time. I was excited because I was giving to God. And I was excited to drop those coins in. And I was excited to hear the tink. And I was excited to give back to God because that's what my parents taught me that I needed to do. And eventually I'd run out of change and the tinking would stop and I'd pass it. And my mother would say, don't you do that again next week. But next week we'd come and I'd do the same thing, find a way to do it. Maybe let a couple weeks pass and let her forget. But that's what I did. And that brought joy to me. Maybe in, at the, the age of three it brought more joy because I knew I liked that sound for whatever reason. But it gave me great joy to do that. It's one of those things that my mom always comes back and goes, Ryan, remember when you were a little boy and you used to do that? And for me, that was the beginning stage. When I look back, that embodies what we're talking about today for in my life. This is not a, hey, Ryan, look at me. I'm up on stage, and I am a cheerful giver. No, 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 no. That was a three-year-old boy who wanted to be partly a distraction, who wanted to be partly the center of attention, 
and who wanted to enjoy what he was doing, enjoy the, the, the life and the, the giving that I was given the opportunity to, to do. And that's what I want to encourage us through this. Whether you're dropping coins into a, a, a metal plate to, to give in a, in a way that it makes you joyful, or maybe it's the things that you go out and do, maybe it's the service that you give, maybe it's the time that you give to others that makes you cheerfully want to give more time or more money or more attention. And so let's look back into to Paul's words because what it does is it gives us a glimpse of what it looks like to go from a child who's dropping coins into a plate or a bag or whatever it is. Maybe it's the kettle of the Salvation Army wor worker, volunteer, to move us to the point where we say, no, 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 we are students who now understand the meaning of giving, who understand what it looks like to be generous and to then go on and do it. I think Paul has some great words for us. And here's, here's the thing. I know that they're great words for us because I read, as I read them this week, I go, man, those are great words for me. And so I believe that they are great words, not just for me or the adults in the room, but everyone in the room, regardless of where you find yourself. And so let's look today at what it actually looks like to be generous. And so as we, as we buzz through the, the, the first chunk of this, verses 1 through 5, essentially what Paul is saying, he says this, Now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying, uh, that's a fun name, Achai, there we go, Achai has been ready since last year. And your zeal has stirred most of them. But I am sending the brothers so, you're boasting, so, so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter so that you may be ready as I said you would be. So essentially what Paul is saying is he goes, he goes hey guys, you guys told me in a previous letter or by some form or fashion that you had something for me that will build and grow the church, that will build the ministry. You guys said that to me. Essentially what he's saying is I'm confirming that I got that information, that you said you would be generous. He goes, so I've been talking you up. I've been talking you up in Macedonia. I've been talking about you to the Macedonians so that they can know, hey, great things are going to come because of this church that is giving, that is freely giving and generously giving. He goes, based on what you told me that you were going to to give. He goes on in verse 4, says, Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would, be, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So he's saying, guys, you've told me that this is coming. You told me that you were going to be generous, and now that's the expectation. Don't let us come there and find ourselves to be humiliated when you promise something up here, promise to be generous, but when your generosity, when it came time to pour out your generosity, you didn't bring in what you said you would. You weren't as generous as you led on to being. You were not the people that you said you were going to be. Your generosity is not where you promised it would be, that you had led on to it be, but it was something less. He goes, do not leave me there. I trust that you won't leave me there in a state of humility. So, so I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead of you and arrange in advance for the gift that you have promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, 
not as, not as an exactation. And so what he's saying is, hey, I'm sending some guys ahead so that they can collect this, so that when they get there, you're not like, uh-oh, I completely forgot about this moment. I promised one thing, but I can't fulfill that promise. So he's sending some people ahead to collect this promise, this promise of generosity that the church saw, that the church said that they were going to execute. And so he says, hey, we're coming. We want to see the gifts that you've, that, that you've been blessed with, that you're blessing others with. Verse 6 goes on. It says, the point is this. I love it. If you, if, you ever, if you ever see that in Scripture, the point is this. Pay attention to what's happening next. He just gave us some, some detailed information that you may get lost in as you're navigating through it. I know personally I had to read it three or four times along with some notes that, that much wiser men than I have written to fully understand what verses 1 through 5 meant. I've known, I've, enc- I've encountered 6 and beyond but I didn't know a whole lot of one through five. But here's the thing. It says the point is this. And you can say, all right, what I just learned is good, but now I know what's coming is what I need to do. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Here's what I know. When, I, when, when the farmers, how many, of you, how many of you go to Lake? How many from Hartville? Okay. You guys know farming a little bit better than most of us, right? Because there's farms everywhere, right? And you're in your community. How many of you have ever seen a farm? How many of you have ever seen a farm? Every day on the way to school, right? Okay, how many of you have ever, like, how many of you know a farmer? Okay, still some. So here's the thing. When a farmer goes out and he prepares his, he prepares his seed to be planted and harvested, he is not stingy with it. Here's the thing. There was one summer, there was one summer that Emily and I put in a garden at my grandmother's house. And Emily had a big, big list of things that she wanted to plant. It was like squash and, and, and beans and peppers and lettuce and all these different things. And I'm like, that sounds great, sweetheart. But like, but I want some corn. Like that's like, let's be honest. Around here, you, you see the big stocks, the, you drive, and you're like, man, those cornfields are huge. I go, I want to put in some corn. She's like, then you're responsible for it. I said, all right, sounds good. So I read up on it. And what I read, what I found out, I don't know if this is large scale, but on, a, on my scale, what you needed to do is when you go through, you, you, you till up the earth, and then you create rows, and then you go through and you poke a hole in the soil and drop the corn seed into it, naturally. Duh, Ryan, I know what farming is like. I know the, the basic concepts of it. But when you, would put, when you plant corn, the way that you plant it is you don't put one corn kernel in. You have to put at least three. You have to be at, put in at least three. That's what the book said, and so that's what I needed to do. But if I were going to be stingy, now if I were going to sow sparingly, I'd go through and I'd put one in each. And what I found as it started to grow is usually only maybe one or two of those seeds sprouted and broke through the soil. And so if I had gone through and just put the one kernel of corn in there that didn't sprout, then I would have had nothing. I would have had nothing come back to me in return. And so what Paul's saying here is when you farm, when you put out seed, you have to sow it in a bountiful way. You can't pick and choose and say, all right, I'm going to put one here, put one here. If you watch, if you watch how how a, a new lawn is put in when they put grass, they just toss out grass seed everywhere. They just toss it out. 
sometimes more than they need to so that they can get the result, so that they can get the bounty that they hope to receive. And so what we need to understand here is those of us who sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly. We won't get a return that we hope to get. But what, what Paul encourages what Paul encourages us to do in Corinthians is to sow bountifully so that we can reap bountifully. He goes on, verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And what he says there is he goes, what you need to do when you say, hey, I'm ready to be generous, you need to seek God. You need to go to God and say, hey, God, what are you calling me? What are you asking me to give? What do you want for me to give? How do you want me to be generous? He goes, you must go to God and figure that out between you and him. Not because Ryan's standing up saying, hey, we've got this challenge. You guys need to bless people, and you need to go out, and you need to buy coffees, and you need to go out, and you need to buy movie tickets. You need to help that, help that, that waitress who's a single mom who, as you were eating, eating lunch, you decide I'm going to give her a big tip. No, 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 not out of compulsion, not because, hey, we need to give. We need to give big. Man, I, I, see, I, see, I see these poor kids, and I feel bad for them, and so maybe I feel comp- compelled to give to them. No, 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 no. What Paul is saying is you need to go to God. You need to get in a, in a, in a conversation with God and say, hey, God, what are you calling me to be generous in? Where are you calling me to give to others? Where have you blessed me that you want me to take that blessing and go bless others with it and not keep it for myself like Gollum in his ring, hunched in a corner saying, my precious? You know what I mean? Where is God calling you to be generous? I can't tell you that. He's calling you to be generous. Specifically, though, I can't tell you where. I know where he's calling me to be generous. I know where he's calling my wife to be generous. I know where he's calling my family to be generous. I have some ideas where he may be calling you to be generous. But what you need to do is you need to get on your knees. You need to pray. You need to seek God. You need to say, hey, God, where do you want me to bless others with the blessings that you've given me? Where are you calling me to be generous? He says that. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly. So here's the thing, too. Here's the thing. When God calls you to do it, when, he, when you say, God, what do, you want me to, what do you want me to give? How do you want me to be generous? When he calls it, don't do it in a reluctant way. When he gives you the answer, faithfully be generous. Faithfully give what God has called you to give in your heart. Follow through. Not reluctantly. Or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Very much like three-year-old Ryan, that made me cheerful. That made me really cheerful. And what I now have the opportunity to do is as I continue to live my life, as I continue to read God's word, and God calls me to be generous, I can remember with three-year-old Ryan how joyful and cheerful it was to give and that inspires me that motivates me that reminds me of the heart that i need to have when i am in fact generous with others for god loves a cheerful giver don't do it because you feel compelled to don't walk out of here saying man well ryan told me that we need to be generous and i know that god's saying i don't really feel like it but i'm gonna just do it because you know i just i'm just gonna do it don't want to but i'm gonna or don't find yourself standing there saying Man, 
I've got 20 bucks, but I really, I really want to go to Chipotle later. And I like the queso, and I love chips with my queso and a drink, and that's like 12 bucks. So that leaves me with eight. So I'm going to give, I feel God's calling me to give in this direction, and I've got eight bucks, so I'll, I'll do that. God's calling you for, for the whole 20. Don't be reluctant. Give it all. We've been blessed to bless others. And in return, we find that we are abundantly blessed. That's what, that's what God's word is telling us from Proverbs. As we, as we realize the blessings of our lives, as we understand the things that God has given us, we need to take those and we need to push them back out. This money, when my hand's open, people can come. They can take it out of my hand. I can give it away. If my hand's like this and I'm holding on tight and I'm reluctant to give this up, it ain't going nowhere. You got to fight me hard to get this out of my hand. But here's what I know. Right now, if somebody came up here and tried to give me some money, you can't fit it in there. If somebody's looking to bless me right now with this hand closed, I cannot be blessed because it is so tight around the blessings that I've already received. But if I hold this open and I go and I give blessings, I need, it's now empty, but there's something that God could now bless me with because my hand is open. I am willing and ready to receive, but then also to give out, understanding that it may take everything. And I might find that the, the things that I've been blessed with, I've earned and I've worked hard for those, and I give those out, and I find myself back to nothing, but my hand's still open, waiting and anticipating, trusting that God will be generous with us, because he's promised. He'll be generous with us, and in our generosity towards others, he sees that's a generous heart. That's a cheerful giver, and he's going to continue to bless you throughout your life. Here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. This is not a, hey, if you give money here, then I guarantee it will come back to you. I cannot make that guarantee. I cannot guarantee that that blessing happens in this lifetime. Here's what I can guarantee, though. When you follow Jesus, if you follow the things that he taught, if you follow the things of God's word, we will receive a blessing at one point, this side of eternity or the other. Don't hear me wrong. This is not a give $100 and you're getting $100 back. Give $100 and you're getting $1,000 back. It's not how it works. But it also doesn't mean that if you bless others, you might find that you are blessed tenfold back. I'm not promising that. That's not a guarantee, but that's some of the things that I've seen in my life. There have been times where I've been blessed, where I've blessed other people, where I've, where I've faithfully given, and I saw something come back to me that blew me away, but it didn't happen every time. And the last time that it happened that I was abundantly blessed back, that might be the last time, but here's what I do know. When I find myself in the presence of God in heaven, I know that that's the real blessing. I know that that is the real blessing that I am working towards, that I hope that we are working towards. So God loves a cheerful giver. Give cheerfully. Don't do it because you feel like you need to. Don't feel called to give X amount and only give half of that. God loves a cheerful giver. He says this, And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. What I, what I see from that is the blessing doesn't always come back in the exact manner that you think it will. God works in a lot of different ways. He blesses us in a lot of different ways. And the greatest blessing that he gave us was in his son, and that's all we needed, but he continues to bless us still time and time again. 
And so as we look at this, as we look at the call that we have been given to be generous, how do we do that? Where are the places and the ways that we can be generous? I think the first place we have to realize, we can be generous with our money. We can be generous with our money. When I was a kid growing up, it wasn't until this week, 31 and however many, however many months, two, 31 and two months, it was not until this week that I realized that I, my whole life I'd been heard, Ryan, you got to tithe 10%. You have to tithe 10%. It's, it's biblical. You have to tithe 10%. So as I was looking at it this week, every week when we pass those bags, it's an opportunity to give. And so what I thought is there was, a, there was somewhere in God's word that said, hey, you need to give 10% of everything you make. And as I researched it, as I looked into it this week, what I realized is that tithing, the word tithing, is in fact not something that we are held under now because of what Jesus has done. That was an old covenant, Old Testament stuff. It never, it never speaks specifically to us, us believers, and tells us that we need to tithe. What it does tell us, like Paul said, is we need to give. We need to give generously. Here's the thing. Maybe for you, though, you go right into a place to start. The great place to start for me was at the principle of tithing. It's not a command or a law that we are under. It is a principle. And so if you find yourself saying, well, I've been tithing. I've been giving 10%. That's great. You're giving 10%. That's great. Whatever it is. But what you need to feel, what you need to interact, as you interact with God, is say, hey, God, what are you calling me to give? For some of you, it may be less. For some of you, it may be more. For some of you, it's like it's not a percentage. But we need to give our money. We need to give to those things where we see value. And so if you find yourself coming here on a Sunday morning, you say, hey, this is a, this is a valuable time for me. What I see is happening here. When we pass those bags, you might be like, I have no idea why we do that. It's so that we can give generously to the things that are happening. What does that money go to? Just look around. Everything in this room, with the exception of yourself, but maybe yourselves, is a result of the generosity of students like yourselves and the adults in this building and the body of believers that love Jesus and give to his local church. I mean, it's everything in here. It's the lights, it's the light fixtures, it's the projector, it's this music stand right here, it's those batteries, it's this thing, it's me. Thank you, thank you, because some of the giving that you make and your parents give, it, it, it gives me the job that I have to be able to interact with you guys. So thank you for that. It's everything that you see. It's Pastor Mike, it's Pastor Happy, Pastor Adam, it's the chairs you're sitting on. If the church ever gave you a Bible, it was that. It was for some of your friends who are in here who their families cannot afford to go on trips, and so we scholarship them to allow them to be able to do those things. It's the, it's the musical instruments that we, that, we, that we use and the microphones that we use to, to lead worship. It's the volunteers that you have in, a way to appreciate them, to buy them a cup of coffee, to say, hey, I know what you're doing is bigger than that, but here's what I can provide. I can provide a cup of coffee to say thank you. When you give to the local church, there is a lot that goes into it. So we want you to be generous and to give. But don't just give because you're saying, well, Ryan says I need to give to the local church, so I want to give to the local church because Ryan said I need to. No, no, no. Seek God in that. There's other places that we can give. There's other, there's other organizations and places that we can give that help people. So here's what I encourage you to do. Seek God in it. 
Find a time that you can say, hey, God, where are you calling me to give? Look at the places that you see having an impact in the lives of others to make their lives better or to make their lives more righteous and give to those things, but seek God in it. I encourage you to give your money because it's something that we've been blessed with. So let's bless others with it. The other thing that we've been given God has been generous in giving us time. Maybe you find yourself saying, Ryan, I don't, I don't have a job, and so I don't get a whole lot of money. I know that Christmas is coming, so I might make bank then. But throughout the year, I don't make a lot of money, and so I don't have a ton of money to give or any money to give. And so what, where, how, do I, how am I generous? Be generous with your time. I know where there, there were some students this weekend that gave up their entire weekend to help out with the Christmas concerts that were going on. I know there were a lot of students who, who gave their time to play an instrument, sing a song, to give their time. And then there's some of you who maybe through school, maybe it's, maybe it's a, a, a service organization that you engage with. And you go and you go, you go serve and give of your time. I know that some of you, instead of in the summertime, you get, instead of getting a job, you volunteer full time somewhere. Give of your time and give it generously. That's another thing. Sometimes God's saying, hey, continue to give in this way, but I'm calling you to give in a new way. Maybe it's easy for you. Maybe some of you say, I mean, I've got a really great job, and I make, I make decent money at it, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give generously. I'm happy to give generously in that. Maybe God's saying, hey, I want you to give some of your time too. And usually we find ourselves in one of two places. It's either easy to give our time and difficult to give our money, or it's easy to give our money but difficult to give our time. That's a place where we can be generous. That's a place where I feel called to be more generous in my life. And then there's all of us in here that have a unique, special talent or set of talents. Maybe God's blessed you with a great voice or a mind that can read music. Maybe God's given you a strong back, and you can do some work with that. Maybe God has given you a heart of compassion for the elderly who are suffering with dementia and Alzheimer's. Maybe God has given you a heart of compassion for little kids that you can go and you can give your time to them because you know they look up to you. God's given you unique talents. Some of you would be amazing to come over and watch my kids. Some of you would hate it, and you'd be like, this would be terrible. That's fine. Don't give in that way. Find the talents that God has given you and use those. Maybe you go, Ryan, I've got a talent with, you know, maybe I'm a, I'm a soccer player, I'm a track runner, and I don't know how that talent helps me be generous with it. Find someone who's younger than you, who's pursuing that same type of thing, and pour into them. Give them your time and your talent at the same intersection. As you work through it, find those things that you can give. And then be generous with your attention. Be generous with the attention that you give out. A lot of you, I can almost guarantee just about every one of you, you have, you have people at home who care about you. And all they want when you get home from school, just take five minutes and just say, buddy, sweetheart, how was your day? And all you want to do is you want to run to your room and throw in your earbuds and get started on homework. And there's nothing wrong with trying to get a jump on that. Or you just want to go in your room and close the door so that you can 
Snapchat all your friends. And your parents are desiring your attention. They're saying, man, where's my little buddy who just used to love when I came home? Where's my sweet little girl who was just fascinated with me? Now they're in high school and they don't want anything to do with me. They just run to their room. You can give, you can be generous with your attention towards your parents, towards your teachers, your coaches. Because the perception a lot of the times, let's be honest, there's a lot of students who hide behind their devices. Because you don't want to be generous with your attention. You want your attention here when your parents are saying, hey, please, be generous. When your teachers are saying, hey, what I have for you is important. You need to learn this. You need to know this. When grandma or grandpa who haven't seen you in months, they want some attention from you. Because when you were younger, they gave it all to you. Guys, God's calling us to be generous. We can look at it sometimes and say, well, God's calling me to be generous with my money. I, did, I don't disagree with that. But there are other places where he's calling us to be generous. And so here's the thing. It's not to walk away today and say, well, all right, I have to pick one of those four and be generous. No, God is calling us to be generous in those four things, but many others. These are just four that I focused on. But as you identify, when you go to God, when you spend time, when you get right with God and you go to him in prayer and you say, hey, God, what are you calling me to be generous to? There may be something that you come to me and go, Ryan, God told me to be generous this. And I go, I would have never thought of that. But yes, go be generous. Be generous with your money. Whether it's a little or a lot, be generous. Keep an open hand with your money. Yes, some will go, but something else may come in return. Be generous with your time. It's a valuable resource. It's one of the only things that none of us can add to or take away. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your talents. God has blessed you with those things, and so use that blessing to bless others. When I come and see some of you playing sports or at concerts or singing worship or just interacting with one another, it humbles me to see the gifts that you have been given, to be using that for others. Don't hide it for yourself. Be generous with your attention. The people that you love, the people that love you, they want your attention. They've been generous with their attention for you, so return that. Be generous with them. Your money, your time, your talents, your attention. What else? What else is God speaking to you, calling you to be generous? It comes down to this. We give generously because God has given generous, generously to us. We need to give generously, understanding and knowing that God has given generously to us. In one thing specifically, but in many others. In his son, in his son alone, he was more generous than he ever needed to be. Far more generous than he ever needed to be he gave his son, whom he loved dearly, he gave it so that we could experience unbelievable blessings. So how are you going to be generous? How are you going to see the blessings in your life, and how are you going to bless others? I encourage you guys, be generous. Give freely Talk to God, let him tell you what he's calling you to give, and then give it. 
give it and say, God, I trust you. I'm giving this. I know that you have something down the road for me. I don't know what it is. I know it's not a guaranteed specific thing, but just I know that it's coming. So I'm going to give generously here. This isn't just a challenge for you. This is for everyone in the room. This isn't just for students. This is, a ch- this, is, this is something that God has given to each and every one of us. So go to him, figure out what he's calling you to do, and then don't do it reluctantly. Give it all. Give it up. Give it up for God. Because he gave his son up for us. But he didn't stop there. As you look through your life, you can continually see more and more blessings that he's poured out, how generous our God is. Be generous. Give you time. Give your money. Give your attention. Give your talents. Give whatever God is calling you to give. And give it up generously. Let's pray. Father God, God, I thank you. I thank you for the blessings that you just give us all the time, both seen and unseen, both those things that have come to fruition and those things that you're still working on. But Lord, let us never forget that you are a generous God, so generous that you gave us your son. When we needed it most, but we didn't deserve it at all, you were generous in your giving because of your love for us, because of your generous spirit. God, allow us to have a small piece of that. Allow us to be the most generous people around. It's my prayer, Father, that as we leave, that this generation, that this group of students, that they would be potentially remembered for one thing, and that is their generosity. Not because it was compelled from them or they were reluctant to do it, but because they felt your son and your spirit was calling them to do it. And that 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, Our society has changed, and they can say, it has changed because a group of believers, a group of people who follow Jesus were the most generous people we've ever seen. God, allow us. God, spur us. God, speak to us so that we can know where we need to be generous and how we need to be generous. And then, Father, I pray that your spirit would not let us go until we are obedient in that and that we are generous. We are blessed to bless others, to find that we, in the first place, we're abundantly blessed. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Now let our thanks become our generosity. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You guys can stay.